Well, apparently, of course, she she was well aware of the threats that had been made against Fred, and then uh, when she heard the uh, uh, you know something being thrown through the window and a fizzing, I think she almost instantly knew, and she wanted to, from all accounts, she wanted to get rid of that that bomb, and it's exploded. Coming up in this episode of Distinction, I want to tell you two stories. One from 1858, and this one from 1936, the death of Amy Milne. Amy Milne wasn't a police officer. She was married to the job, and she was murdered because of it. This is her story. I'm Justin Smith, a journalist working with the Victoria Police, and you're listening to Distinction, recognising the bravery from inside the job and the price that came with it. To help tell Amy's story, this is police veteran, retired superintendent Peter O'Neill, a former member of the Victoria Police Honours and Awards Committee. Uh, it's very good to be sitting in a comfy chair and looking at the face of Peter O'Neill, uh, retired uh, superintendent. Or do they let you keep that title? No, no, I've handed that back in, thank you now. You can call me Peter. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the story of Amy Milne, is really something. 1936. The, the saddest thing with Amy Milne was that no one really knew until we started doing some some research. The significance of her case, a, a wife of a detective from the Geelong uh, police area. Fred was a tough detective. He came up through the ranks, uh, a lot of work around Collingwood and Fitzroy in those tough old days when uh, uh, Squeezy Taylor was running around and then he's down at, uh, at Geelong and um, some crooks decide to target him uh, and his family for that matter. And uh, it was just uh, absolutely uh, an absolute tragic uh, uh, story. What she signifies too is the, the sacrifice of the families. It, it, exactly. And uh, it, through our research and that, we were able to uh, yeah, brief the, the Chief Commissioner that um, Amy's worth, you know, her, her death was came around purely because of her relationship, the nexus between herself and her husband and the Victoria Police. And the Chief Commissioner uh, deemed that she be, should be awarded the Victoria Police Star. And uh, it was a, a significant event because the first person, first non-Victorian police uh, member to be awarded the Victoria Police Star. And uh, I, was, I was absolutely thrilled along with others. Amy Milne was born Amy Scobie in Miner's Rest in 1895. Amy was married to a police officer, and he was a good one. Frederick Milne started his career as a detective in 1928, where he worked the poor areas of Fitzroy, the Narrows they were called, with sly grog and brothels and criminals like Squizzy Taylor. And Fred was involved in the Narrows' big investigations. When Amy and Fred got married, they moved to Manning Street, Newtown, Geelong. As Fred's reputation as a detective grew, so did the threats on his life. At 3.30, on the cold morning of July 13, 1936, the threats became real. This is how the newspapers reported it. A policeman's house was wrecked and his wife killed instantly in a bomb outrage at Geelong. Two bombs were thrown through an open bedroom window at the house of Constable F.W. Milne, but his two children, who were sleeping in another room, escaped without a scratch. 
Mrs Milne had awakened by the flash of the ignited fuse as the first bomb was hurled through the window. She aroused her husband, but before they could move, a second bomb came through the window. So great was the force of the explosion that Mrs Milne's body, terribly mutilated, was hurled into the street with the bed in which she was lying. There had been threats on Fred's life before, and Amy knew about them. Only a couple of days before the attack, she told friends about her fears. The explosion was heard two miles away. The first person to get to the scene was William McGee. He was a garage owner, and he lived just two doors down. He found Fred in his torn pyjamas, with plaster dust covering his face, and searching through the wreckage, saying, Get a light. Get a light. Where's my wife? In September 1936, the Geelong deputy coroner said it was willful murder by a person unknown. The killer was never caught. The murderer would have died never having to answer to throwing a bomb into a family home where a mother, a father and children were sleeping. On Thursday, May 23, 2019, on a rainy morning beside the grave of Amy Milne, Victoria Police finally acknowledged the sacrifice to her family. Uh, Nancy Milne? Uh, Rory Frederick Milne. Oh, well done. <laughs> Named after Fred. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pam Chrisfield. And Margaret Isabel, after Amy, Taylor. Well, we're the uh, would be, uh, would have been the grand, we are the grandchildren of uh, Amy Milne at the dedication. When you were growing up, what did you know about the story? Uh, really, very little. My father, I think the trauma of the event uh, made my father um, very uh, reserved about talking about it with the children. There's a lot of sadness in it. There, there pain, was a lot of pain. You can only imagine, and you know, he was he was nine years old and uh, having his mother taken away at that age. And uh, I think he tried to, in some ways, when we were young children, certainly tried to protect us from that. And later on in life, he he didn't want to talk about it much at all. I mean, he, he's nine years old and his home where he should be safest, you know, was, was, was under Abs- attack. Absolutely. You know. um, yeah, a couple of bombs thrown through the window, uh, you know, it's not, not an easy thing to deal with. It's amazing, isn't it, you think of that time as being a gentler kind of time? Yes, well, it wasn't until I started really doing a lot more research about this myself that I found out uh, what a great policeman Fred Milne was. Um, because I've got his commendation records yes. and, and going through those was very enlightening. And the, um, the other thing was finding out ex- that the, in the 1930s, uh, there was an awful lot of crime, yeah, yeah. gangland Absolutely. type crime going on. And your grandmother, I mean, Amy, you know, the, the photos of her, you know, such a beautiful woman and such a beautiful young woman as well. You can only imagine, you know, the fear that she would have felt in those moments, you know. Well, she, she was well aware of the threats that had been made against Fred and then uh, when she heard the, uh, uh, you know, something being thrown through the window and a fizzing, I think she almost instantly knew and she wanted to, uh, from all accounts, she wanted to get rid of that, that bomb and it's exploded right there. How do you feel today? 
we're as a family, we're just so proud of of um, our grandfather, and yet at the same time, deeply saddened that we we lost our grandmother at that at that time. So, but it's almost as if because Amy wasn't in our lives, she's found a way to come back into our lives and and, and give something back because she never could. If that kind of makes sense, you know? oh, yeah. absolutely. Makes so, sense. so um, yeah, we just feel if if you sort of believe that there is anything after life, well, I think somehow she's she's come back to uh, to give us something back. The family were presented with the Victoria Police Star by Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton. Well, it's the first time we've ever been able to make a Victoria Police Star available to a family member who's been critically injured or killed as a result of a police officer's duty. First time we've been able to do that and a very, I think a very, very fitting recipient. And what is the Victoria Police Star? It's one of our most important uh, and significant medals. It's a medal that we award when a police officer dies in the line of duty, is killed in the line of duty or dies as a result of their duty. And uh, we don't award many of them, but they are really significant when we do award them. And as we've seen here today, it's being awarded to the wife of a police officer who's died, we're, we're saying, in the line of duty. So we were able to refurbish her grave, acknowledge her sacrifice to the community, and importantly today also, for the very first time, make the Victoria Police Star available to Amy for her sacrifice a very, very fitting example of the ultimate sacrifice made for someone on behalf of the family that they love. What, what does the medal mean to, to you? Well, it's a great symbol of recognition. Uh, it, it, and uh, not only um, the fact that that violent act affected our family, and, and there's the recognition that Fred was, you know, a good cop and that was the price he paid for that. So, yeah, it's got, the medal's got a lot of significance on many, many levels. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if it had happened now, you, you just can't imagine what it would be like. They had a get-on-with-life attitude. Yeah, and yes, boy, they did. They yes. did. I was just saying to Justin, it's almost like she's, um, she couldn't be with us when we were kids, but she's... Yeah, Come no. back now. Yes. Yeah. What would get gets me about this so many things is that that if Fred hadn't have been such a good copper, he wouldn't have been targeted. The uh, crooks had targeted him. They they'd stolen the the jelly knight from uh, some from the Barwon uh, quarries, and then they've targeted him. And uh, back in those days, everyone knew who police were. The families were. Uh, you can't m make any comparison in terms of policing and how we police from the 30s to, to, to the present time. It just can't be done, just how, how technically advanced we've become with motor cars and technology, IT equipment, DNA, fingerprints. Uh, we've come such a long way and uh, it was always common knowledge that uh, in those days that uh, police wives were intrinsically linked to policing because that's how, that's how things were done because their husbands would go away, or mainly because in those days, police women, we had no police women, or all, all policemen, they'd go away for many, many days. 
you know, because they only had most, most never had motor cars. It was all done on horseback in those days. Even in the 30s, there was limited vehicles. Um, uh, so Amy and her, her counterparts, the other wives, they had uh, significant roles to play in policing. It was a beautiful ceremony that you put together. It was a sensational it, ceremony. Too long. Yes, um, I was absolutely thrilled. Uh, we were able to get the family. That family, they came from all parts of Australia. When I made that cold call to, uh, to uh, Margaret Taylor, who was the direct daughter of, the, sorry, the granddaughter of uh, Amy Milne, not one police officer, not one police person, not one John Citizen had ever approached that family and said, you know, your, your grandmother gave up her life for Victoria, not one. I even kicked myself. I was a superintendent in Geelong from 2007 to 2010, and I myself knew no, had no knowledge about Amy Milne's sacrifice, and along with a lot of other police down there, no one knew, and that was just, that's just unforgivable. But having said that now, it's been rectified. And uh, we had people there that were old neighbours of the Milnes turned up for that function that, you know, came in cold on that day saying, oh, excuse me, my name's whatever. And my mother or grandmother, they were next door neighbours. And I, what a fantastic outcome. Amy Milne. What an awful death. I can only imagine the fear she would have experienced before the explosion. She's now been acknowledged with the Victoria Police Star. The first time a family member of a Victoria Police officer has received the honour. And rightly so. Amy died because of her husband's job. And now a sacrifice will never be forgotten. Okay, so going back even further now. 1858, in the early days of the state of Victoria, at the goldfields, to the north of Maryborough, there was a place named White Hills. The miners were thirsty for flecks of gold, and the desperation and the money brought the crime. Even back then, the area was called Australia's Wild West. Senior Constable Edward Barnett was shot by a local criminal called William Brook, who had just killed a restaurateur. But the owner of the Gumtree restaurant didn't go easy. Before he died, he stabbed Brook. The senior constable got to the scene and was shot by Brooke, and he died 16 hours later. He was only the second grave buried at the Carisbrook Cemetery. Barnett was never recognised for his death in the line of duty, until a current serving member, leading senior constable Chris Trimble and his wife, historian Tanya Kerr, started telling his story, and put together a book on the event. That story made it to the ears of retired superintendent Peter O'Neill. Peter O'Neill, let's go back even a little further. Mm. Uh, 1858. Yes. I think two years after you joined. <laughs> a lot of people would think uh, I was a veteran in those days, but I, I know I was uh, not even a twinkle. Uh, 18, 1858, and uh, Senior Constable Edward Barnett, this is one hell of a story, not, because of, not just because of what happened then, but what, is, what has happened to... Yes, to commemorate this man. Yes. All right, Edward Barnett, he was uh, a policeman and he was working the goldfields and he was shot dead at the uh, at a hotel just outside of Carisbrook. And uh, he's been interned at the Carisbrook Cemetery. It's quite a small cemetery and uh, 
The Victorian government did a fantastic job about laying out a beautiful headstone. But as we know, the passage of time comes and these things seem to be forgotten and left behind. Well, there's a young chap called Chris Trimble and his partner, Tanya Kerr. They've taken it upon themselves to make sure that that gravestone stays in fantastic uh, shape along with the surrounding grounds. And uh, we've got a Victoria Police star that we had uh, struck for, for young Constable Mounted Trooper Barnett. However, because we've never been able to track family down, it's never been uh, presented. But because of the work that uh, Chris Trimble, Senior Constable Chris Trimble, has done, we've uh, had this fantastic presentation at the grave site where we dedicated the grave. We've presented that Victoria Police Star to the Maryborough Police Station, and now Barnett's memory lives on. He lives on at the Maryborough Police Station, and how fantastic it is that we can celebrate Barnett and uh, it's as alive today, the memory now of, of him, uh, as, a, as it should be. Firstly, as Jim touched on, I would like to start by thanking Chris for his hard work and dedication in honouring Senior Constable Edward Barnett in our memorial service here today. May I also extend my thanks and congratulations to Chris's partner, Tanya Kerr, for all of her hard work that she's done behind the scenes, as touched on by Chris. 12 months of extremely hard work, so thank you, Tanya. It was a beautiful ceremony, right beside the grave, with police members and local school children to sing the national anthem, and the senior constable was posthumously awarded the Victoria Police Star. After the ceremony, I sat down and talked with Chris Trimble. Chris, we're at the, uh, the Carisbrook Cemetery. We're standing in front of the... Uh, the grave of, of Senior Constable Edward Barnett. It's been here since uh, 1858. It's got a couple of uh, beautiful wreaths that have only just been placed here because of the ceremony today. I was wondering if you could read that tablet for me. Sacred to the memory Edward Barnett, native of Tallon County, Waterford, Ireland, late Senior Constable of the Victoria Police, who was shot dead while gallantly performing his duty in endeavouring to arrest an armed bush ranger on the night of the 31st of January 1858 on Havelock Diggings. This tablet is erected by the Chief Commissioner of Police, the officers and constables of the district as a mark of esteem and respect. In the midst of life, we are in death. Mm. Thank you. You've been working on uh, the story of Edward Barnett for a long time, but you know, because of the year there's no photo. When you picture his, his face, what does he look like to you? Uh, he probably have a moustache better than mine. Could have been a mad red-headed Irishman, I'm hoping. <laughs> but that's the face you see, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just comparing it to other photos of the era I've seen, yeah, that's right. how I imagine him. What is it that really, really grabbed you about this? Oh, just the fact that I'd been traipsing through that location for all these years and weren't really aware Where he was of, of the history I was yeah. driving through and that was the location that this took place and there's nothing to indicate anything there and when I asked Peter O'Neill if we could get the star presented and hung at the local police station it was uh, that was after we did all the research and absolutely can't find any descendants or relatives um, I just thought it'd be nice to hang it in the local police station so that the local members um, would have the opportunity to to read it in their day-to-day -day stroll past that part of the wall and 
be aware of what happened and uh, perhaps where it's happened and you know it wouldn't be a surprise to them like it was to me to find out that I've I've been driving yeah, over the site for all these years. But there's something else that really that, that seemed to pull you into Edward Barnett. Was it the age of him? Was it the, the, the circumstances? Probably the circumstances. It's sort of a, an earlier edition of uh, my squad mate Morris Moore from 1986 who was uh, murdered trying to apprehend a male stealing a car. And uh, You were working that night? Yeah, yeah, I was working that night with me and uh, Ron Nelson. And uh, I got the inkling something was wrong with a part radio transmission and uh, sent Ron out to look for him and Ron come across him murdered just a short distance away hanging out of his divisional van. So that, that sort of runs a parallel with the Edward Barnett story really for me. And uh, the thing is Edward's got no family to, to push along his memory and... Uh, come and visit him so it's up to us as colleagues wearing the same uniform to uh, keep his memory living. Chris's friend Morris Moore was a senior constable working alone in Maryborough at 2.15am on September 27 1986 he came across two men pushing a car. Concerned that it was stolen he stopped them. One of the men fled the other managed to get the senior constable's pistol and shot him five times. The tragedy inspired Chris to tell the story of both fallen members. I'm sorry about your friend. I'm sorry about uh, Morris. Um, I guess one thing that, that connects it with me is that you realise that the job's still just as dangerous. It doesn't really make a, a great deal of difference how many no. cars you've got or, uh, no. or what new technology you have. The, there's certain things about the job that don't don't change. No, you can't pick what's going to happen the next time you go to work. It's just the way it is. What did you think of the ceremony today? I thought it was pretty good. Fantastic, yeah. It was uh, way over and above what uh, what me and Gary Walter were going to do, and uh, it was uh, very. Oh, was that a ca- couple of sausage rolls and a and a no? We're just going to a... bang a nail in the wall yeah. and hang it up and head down for a pint and say, so, "Well, that's done." Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, is it maybe now that you see that everyone feels a little bit similar to you when they hear the, once they hear the story, yeah. they feel a little bit the same way? It's good to get the story out so that more people can relive it and know what happened. So that's the importance of hanging that thing on the wall. That'll be there forever. And what do you want the guys to think when they... Because it's where you've put it on the wall too, is right next to Morris, right yeah. next to your friend. Yep. So well, guess, what do you want them to think? I of guess they can stand there and compare the two different events so many years apart and have the realisation that it could happen again next week. Uh, they can be more careful and if they can at all and uh, yeah, just respect the past events and the locations and be aware that that's what's happened. That's all I want. When you're, when you're retired yep. and you're finished up and you're telling you go to Ireland... You go and track down the Barnett family. Hope so. And you, you find a long, long lost relative. Yep. How would you tell them? I think I've found an ancestor of yours that died in, on duty in Victoria Police in Australia. I've got some stuff to tell you if you've got time. If we can find a, a relative that the Honours and Award Committee will tick off, they can have the authentic medal and we'll replace it with a replica and... Uh, 
it won't look any different. That'll be a bit of a bit of a moment for you, won't it? Yeah, yeah, that'd be the end of a long campaign. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Hey, I I think uh, for everyone who was at the ceremony today, I I think that uh, what you and Tanya have done to try and make sure that we don't forget people like Edward, I think it's uh, just incredible. Real credit to you. Well, thanks very much, but uh, I'll blame Tanya entirely. (laughs) (laughs) The Victoria Police Star, awarded to Edward Barnett, hangs in the Maryborough Police Station, and it's right next to another picture of Chris Trimble's mate, Senior Constable Morris Moore. Well done to Chris and Tanya for being the family that Edward Barnett didn't have. Two incredible stories from the history of Victoria Police. This is Chief Commissioner Shane Patton. Chief Commissioner Amy Milne, the first time that a police star has has been given to a, a family member for what happened, the, the sacrifice of that family, just an extraordinary story. It very much is. It, it's it's an extraordinary story, and it goes to reinforce. Uh, that we must remember our history, we must remember the sacrifices that are made. Service has to have a meaning and commitment to uh, the community. It is so important and that's why we have to continually remember the sacrifices people have made in the past and, and take them forward with us so we don't forget. We know there are risks, but yet we continue to go and do what we do because that's why we're paid, that's what our calling is. And the reality is, uh, unfortunately, sometimes colleagues will fall as a result of it. It's important that we recognise that as a police family, when that occurs, we continue to help out, we continue to look after each other, we continue to come back again and again and again to make the community safer, and we embrace each other as a police family. And you, you mentioned a calling there. That that word that word really strikes with me because it does it does feel that way. I hadn't thought of it like that in terms over this series, you know. But but it is a calling. Calling um, the meaning of service, the recognition. Our members must know that in the middle of a night when they they take a deep breath and they go into a building where they don't know what they're going into and they're worried anxiety and they're going to take actions they need to know that their service does have meaning and we will recognize them we will never forget them if something does happen we will support their families that we are a police family and with the aftermath of of what has happened in in our past police legacy are playing an important part in this too chief Oh, police legacy is absolutely vital to us. They support members of a police family who've lost a partner who's serving or retired sworn member or protective services officer or a recruit in training. Uh, they, they have vital work in a range of different areas for us. Uh, if we describe police legacy and, and we describe Victoria Police as a family, then police legacy is actually the heartbeat of that family. They're what keep us going. Um, they have been with us now since 1980 and their work is absolutely vital. I, With my recent appointment as the uh, Chief Commissioner, I'm now the proud patron of that and will continue on in that role because the work they do is absolutely outstanding. You've been listening to Distinction. For more stories of courage inside Victoria Police, please subscribe. <laughs>